A very good morning on behalf of Teach 613. We welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Babakama Tzadi Aleph, Babakama 91. We're going to be studying primarily Amud Beis, but we're going to start with a statement from the previous daf. So that's Tzadi Amud Beis 90b, pagination 180, about a quarter of the way down at the end of a line. The Mishnah concludes, A person who damages himself, He's not allowed to do that. It's not your body to destroy. You're not allowed to do that. Potter, but he's absolved of payment. But somebody else who damages him, Chayovim, would be obligated to pay. Likewise, a person who chops down trees, fruit trees, is not allowed to do that, but potter, there's no payment, but if someone else did that to him, they would be obligated to pay. Let's move on to Tzadi Aleph Ahmed Bey's 91b, where we find quite a number of examples considering the concept of baltashchis, wasteful behavior. And the general rule is that a person is not entitled to destroy even his own assets, his own body, not allowed to destroy things, except if it was being done in a purposeful way. So we have, for example, a case of eshev betainis, about 12 lines down, a person who makes a vow that he's going to fast. So, we have a concept that the Nazir is considered a chote from withdrawing himself from wine products. He's a chote, he's a sinner, he's depriving himself of something that was understood by the Talmud to be good for him, uh, perhaps simply because of its enjoyment. The word is tzir atzmo, painting himself. They may also have seen it as healthful. He deprived himself of it. On some level, he's considered a chote. Ultimately, we view the Nazir as a good person, a saintly person. And the concept is that indeed there's a downside to depriving your body of this benefit. However, he's doing it for a higher calling. And the same concept is applied by a fast day that even though we're depriving, but if it's for a higher calling, if it's for a purpose, so then that's permitted and sometimes even recommended or obligatory. Likewise, on the last two small lines, Mikarin al-Hames, we tear garments for the loss of a close relative that died, and we do not consider that the ways of the non-Jews, which would be forbidden methods of mourning, <coughs> that tearing is acceptable. Keep in mind that there's another behavior of damaging one's body, which is forbidden. Not allowed to do that. Your children of Hashem, you're not allowed to behave like that. Uh, one of the Mepharshim comments, 
even with the loss, you still have Hashem as your beloved, and therefore you're not allowed to take it out so so strongly, take out your sorrow on your body. But to tear a garment is a legitimate expression of loss. Omer Rabbalazar, Rabbalazar said, Shamati, I heard, Shamekarei if a person tears more than proper, he indeed is in violation. Teisvis observes that there's a Gemara that says, Shmuel Kara Aleidirav Telesar its Tali de Milsa. That when Rav passed away, Shmuel, his colleague in the next town, tore 13 prestigious garments as an expression of loss. It would seem to be a violation of Baltashchis. And Teisvis answers, Yeshlomar, the Tzuba Midrabonan Shiny, that a Talmud Chacham is different, the Lohoya Yosem Midai wasn't considered more than enough. It was considered appropriate for the loss. Keep in mind that Shmuel and Rav are a relationship that's expressed as Gavro de Mistafinomine, the person that I had fear of. It was a great loss to have his colleague pass away in terms of his own personal uh, growth, his own personal learning, the prestige of this person that passed away. And Taisva says, It wasn't considered more than enough. But if someone enters into the level of more than enough, a loss that's not purposeful, then it would be considered this violation. Similarly, towards the bottom of the Amud, uh, six lines up at the two dots, we have a prohibition, very, very firm. Amarav dikla detan kaba osalamiktsatsye, a day tree that's still bearing a certain amount of fruit. You're not allowed to chop it down. And the Gemara says, Amarav chanina loshachev shivchas buri. I attribute the death of Shivchas, my son, the cuts to Enisa below Zimna, that they cut down a fig tree too early. It was not its proper time. And we have in this a very severe observance, a very harsh attitude to cutting down a fruit tree because Ha'adam eats Hasada, a human being, is compared to a tree. And to cut down a fruit tree is considered a terrible bad omen in the impact that that could have in the spiritual realm. We're extremely careful. Now, in terms of strict halacha, when it is permitted, we just said that if it's not bearing a certain amount of fruit, it's permitted to cut it down. You have to know how much fruit for each tree is the appropriate amount. Likewise, Amar Ravina, Ravina said, If the value of the wood of the tree is greater than the fruit of the tree, one might have this at a certain point with olive trees, so then you'd be allowed to cut it down. It's not considered baltashchis. One can still wonder if the bad omen topic has relevance. Likewise, an interesting shaila that comes up, if the tree intrinsically is not more than the fruit it bears, but the role it plays in your yard 
is more valuable than the fruit it bears. For example, a person who needs to do an extension and the only place he can do it is by expanding in the direction of where there is currently a fruit tree. Would that be permitted? And these questions are dealt extensively in many poskim trying to find solutions for this. The one comment that I would make is that if a person intends to put in a fruit tree in their yard, they should purposely do it in a place that's distant enough from the building that they don't anticipate having this delicate shaila present itself that they need at some point to move it, to remove it, because they need the space. They should purposely plant it in a safe and secure location. Yashikoach, thank you for joining.